Ever feel unable to focus, tired, and just low on energy? We understand that feeling. We understand it so well that the Sports and the World Podcast is brought to you by the Couch Guys Sports Network and sponsored by our friends over at Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a drink made by gamers for gamers. All their flavors come packed with 180 milligrams of caffeine to ensure that no matter what you're doing, your focus will always be razor sharp to keep you performing at the top of your game. Their formulas are designed to specifically give you high energy boost when you need it most while ensuring to avoid the jitters after too much caffeine consumption. Head over to www.shockenergy.com and use the promo code CGSN today for 10% off your order. Check out their green apple flavor box or even their watermelon flavor box. Oh, and don't worry, they ship worldwide. That's right, worldwide. Get your shocked energy today and let us help you gain your focus and energy back. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to us and how you're listening to us. Thank you for making the sports and the world podcast a part of your day. I'm Ladarius. Hope all of you are well and safe out there. And on this episode, we're going to talk about, I'm going to recap the Super Bowl, give my WWE Elimination Chamber predictions, and Browns Bay picture, we talk about James Harden and Ben Simmons. Now, the Super Bowl, this could be a relatively quick recap and throwing a little nuanced concept in. First and foremost, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the Super Bowl this year. I think the whole halftime show. And let, let me say this before we go any further to recapping the game. If you didn't like the halftime show, like was it maybe a bit overhyped? Sure, but for me and a lot of people my age, you know, I'll be thirty four. You know, next week, it was nostalgia. You know, Dr. Dre, Eminem. You know. Dr. Dre, Snoop, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Block, 50 Cent showed up. It was nostalgia. And if you didn't like the halftime show for the right reasons, I'll leave it there. If you didn't like it for the right reasons, I get that. But if you're, if you're talking about, oh, well, I want this, go watch some of the old halftime, Super Bowl halftime show. Because if you think about this, the NFL, sports in general, but specifically maybe more so the NFL, hip-hop culture is ingrained. And I think that in the NBA, you definitely see that hip-hop culture and the culture just ingrained. And it was nice to see that on display in the Super Bowl. You know, Evan McPherson, the kicker for the Bengals, he stuck around, and he was watching Eminem. Because that, to me, is the connection that a lot of players have it was with the culture. So that those are my little mini thoughts on that. I could go on a whole tangent about it. But that's not why you're here. That's not why you're watching and or listening. As, as for the game itself, I enjoyed it. I had the Bengals listen. Plus, listen, listen, I won the Bengals bet, you know, maybe it went out right. But the takeaways that I have is simply this. I'm just happy for guys like Matthew Stafford, OBJ, you know, Aaron Donald, guys who have been in their careers and, and have gone and 
various paths. And to come here and to win a Super Bowl really meant something to them. Because now you have to call a Super Bowl champion. That means a lot. Especially the season that OBJ went through. And Matthew Stafford from leaving Detroit and coming to win a Super Bowl. Sean McVay, youngest coach to win a Super Bowl. Aaron Donald maybe will go down as one of the best defensive players of his generation, if not the greatest. That Those are the things that I look at. For the game itself, it was competitive. And and what's interesting to me is, is that could we possibly see either team in it again next year? I think we're more likely to see the Rams because I just feel the AFC is so top-heavy. You know, Kansas City, you know, Buffalo, you know, teams like that. You know, Cincinnati's right there in the mix. And you still got Baltimore kind of lurking out there. You got the Patriots kind of lurking out there. And, you know, come some of – so those are, to me, and there's a couple of wild cards depending on how free agency turns up on the quarterback standpoint. could change the dynamic in the AFC even more. But I, I enjoyed the game thoroughly. And one of the takeaways that came from the game was the quarterback debate, you know, Matthew Stafford being a Hall of Famer. And you saw Matt Ryan, you know, my guy, Matty Ice, trending, you know, com- being compared to Matthew Stafford. And first of all, I don't like comparing dudes who are still playing because you want to see when the career ends. Like, we can judge Tom Brady's career, and we kind of knew even when he was playing, like, that guy's a Hall of Famer. This guy had two or three Hall of Fame careers in itself. But when I look at Matthew Stafford and I look at Matt Ryan, listen, Matt Ryan's been to the playoffs six times, Matthew Stafford four. Super Bowl appearances, each have won. Stafford won his. Ryan lost his. Passing yards, third among active quarterbacks is Stafford, and he's also third active in passing touchdowns as well. And as for Matt Ryan, he's now since Brady and Big Ben's retired. He's first among active quarterbacks in passing yards, and he's second in passing touchdowns among after quarterbacks. And he's top 10. He's eighth in passing yards. And he's ninth in passing touchdowns all time. For Stafford, he's 12th in both all time, passing yards and passing touchdowns. And Ryan has the MVP he won in 2016. So to me, the ultimate question is, how do you define, how do you define Hall of Famer? How do you define someone's career? Because look at it, if you think about it outside of sports, how would you define your career now? Do you define it by the money you make? Do you define it by the fulfillment, how happy you are in your job? Or do you the number of people you've encountered in your job? You know, how do you define success? How do you define a career? And, and going back to the sports front, do you define it by championships or do you define it by numbers? Because what happens is, is that both types are in the Hall of Fame. Like, I, I always go back to this example. Troy Aikman has three Super Bowls, not the numbers, Hall of Famer. Terry Bradshaw, Hall of Famer, four Super Bowls, not necessarily the numbers. But you look at guys like a Dan Marino, numbers, not the Super Bowl, Hall of Famer. Dan Fouts, numbers, not the Super Bowl, in the Hall of Fame. So you do get that. So you kind of get that mix. But when we're looking at both guys, Matt Ryan is closer to a Hall of Famer for this simple reason. It's is that 
him and Dan Marino both went, even though they lost, they went to a Super Bowl in their careers. And, and my biggest thing is, is that you have to really look at this debate because this is a team sport. Okay. You know, they, they're quarterbacks. So defensively, how their defense play those seasons? Listen, as a Falcons fan, I got to tell you, the defenses, eh. And somehow or another, Matt Ryan got to a Super Bowl in his MVP year. You know, Matthews, poor Matthew Stafford, you know, his defense were not all that great in Detroit. He had four playoff appearances, you know, in his career, three of which in Detroit before coming to the Rams. So we have a look at that. And, and I don't want to hear like who has more wins. Wins to me is a team sport, not an individual. Because it's kind of like how I feel about baseball. Like, you know, baseball, you know, listen, the ultimate numbers sport, which listen, I I'll get it. I'll be let's just put it this way. I'll be on the podcast later, you know, in the week and, and trust me, I'll, I'll let my thoughts be known on that. When you look at baseball, I never thought it was fair that a pitcher who gave up one run over the course of eight innings loses the game because his offense is terrible. Is it fair? No, but, you know, in the ultimate team sport, it's a loss for them. That's how I feel about quarterbacks. Defenses give up a big play. Oh, the quarterback lost the game. No, stop it. And to me, when I look at both of Stafford's and Ryan's court, they didn't have, they weren't surrounded by the greatest of defenses. But they did have great targets in their career. You know, Stafford, he had Calvin Johnson, and Matt Ryan had Julio Jones. Now, let's be clear. How were they before and after they left? Because you can kind of measure that. Matt Ryan was great before Julio got there and when Julio was there and after Julio left, statistically. And I could break that down more maybe in a video somewhere down the road. But my point is this. Do I think Matthew Stafford was a Hall of Famer? No, because the number, listen, he had the Super Bowl, but that's great. But if he hits a second Super Bowl, that's a conversation we can have. If he can get back to a Super Bowl next year or in his time, you know, any other time in his career, then you can come talk to me about that. But to me, if Matt Ryan, to me, for a lot of those out there, Matt Ryan has to have a Super Bowl because it feels like the stats aren't good enough. And I go like, well, listen, it's the same question about, well, is Eli Ma- Eli Manning, you know, probably the ultimate average quarterback. He has two Super Bowls. He beat the greatest quarterback of all time twice. He beat Tom Brady twice. But he has two Super Bowls, but his numbers are kind of average. You know, is he a Hall of Famer? And I, and I contend, yes, because his numbers are not that terrible. But the Super Bowl, so it kind of like, okay, so we can put him in. Big Ben, same, you know, we can put Big Ben in. You know, this is how I feel about the person, but listen, about I'm on the field. Yeah, sure. It's how you define careers. To me, I look at both and say, well, Matthew Stafford, 12th in you know, both categories, just went to super, you know, his first, you know, get his first Super Bowl, great. But is that Hall of Fame worthy? We look at a guy like Matt Ryan, who's been an MVP in this league and has been to a Super Bowl. It's kind of like that Dan Marino type situation where is Matt Ryan going to go get back to a Super Bowl? Like I said earlier, I, 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 my, as a fan, I want him to 
And a part of me says he will. But at this point, it may not look that way, but if he gets to another Super Bowl, we can revisit all that conversation. So all in all, great Super Bowl. Once again, halftime show, fantastic. Now, I want to transition to something else that's fantastic coming up, and that's the Elimination Chamber, the pay-per-view that's going to be in Saudi Arabia. Listen, I don't want to get into the Saudi Arabia. That's a that's a that's an article. That's a poke. That's a lot of different things. But I do want to drop some predictions. And to be clear, the the women's matches, I'll be writing an article about that for the Mainz people at Beyond Women's Sports. I'm going to write my predictions there, save it for there. But I want to talk about the other matches on the slate. I want to talk about the chamber match for the WWE Championship. You got Lashley's the champion. You got Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, Riddle, and Austin Theory. To me, I love this match. And a part of me says, do you take the belt off of Lashley now? And I just, I don't see it. You know, throwing in Lesnar in there is is interesting. It's interesting. But with that being said, I do believe Lashley finds a way to win. And here's why. Because the easy way to say is that, oh, make Lesnar a double champion. Listen, I, no. There's, uh, do I want Brock to be? Yeah, cool. But ideally, I just don't see a situation where they take off the belt off of Lashley. Because I do believe Lashley, somehow or another, if somehow they could pull this off, it'd be great. If we can get Lashley versus Lesnar versus Reigns, you know, because it's interesting. Who is Brock Lesnar? You know, listen, it it could change who he faces since he won the Royal Rumble. But when I look at the other guys, an outside situation that would interesting to me would be a guy like Seth Rollins, simply because I just think Seth Rollins he's held the belt before. I just really like Seth Rollins. I've liked his work for his like the last five years. That could be something interesting to me, putting the belt on, putting the belt on him, because you could go a lot of routes there. But to me, give me Lashley to retain in that situation. Universal Championship Reigns versus Goldberg. And this is going to be short and simple. I, I don't see, I don't see a situation that tells me that because I, I do believe Reigns, it could be a situation where we get Reigns and Lesnar again. And I, I forgot, double champion with Lesnar. Forget all of them. <laughs> I forgot he, yeah, you already know. But I think Reigns and Lesnar is possibly that match for the Universal Championship. I, I really do believe that. Like, if Goldberg wins, I wouldn't know how to feel. I'm not going to lie. But I just don't see them taking the belt off of Roman Reigns at this juncture. I, I don't see it. I say let let him go to WrestleMania. Let him face Lesnar. Like I say, in, in, my, in my head, give me Lashley versus Brock versus Reigns. I don't care which belt is on the line. 
But the question is, in that situation, who, what's the more likely situation? Would Reigns drop the belt to Goldberg, or would Lashley drop the belt to everybody else in that match except Lesnar? Like to an AJ Styles, to a Seth Rollins. I don't see the whole theory or riddle thing just yet. So I, that to me in my head would, would kind of work. And then we look at the SmackDown title picture, the Usos versus the Viking Raiders. I just feel the Viking Raiders are due. I think I don't see how far or who else can challenge for for those tag team titles. It feels like they've been building toward towards the Viking Raiders winning the tag team titles. And I think this time they, you know, they're kind of like, okay, they pull it and they say, okay, you know what? We're, you know, let's let's put the belt on. And it doesn't diminish the Usos because it could set up something for potentially for them to face down the road, potentially. You know, albeit on, on SmackDown or the next pay-per-view. But to me, the Usos are strong either way. Because if if you keep the belt on the Usos, you push the Viking because the only logical way you would go with the New Day. And I'm like, I love watching them wrestle, but would the fans could want to see it? Like, okay, we've seen this pay-per-view. We've seen this insert pay-per-view, insert both of them in the match. So I just think that the Viking, they're due. I think they're absolutely due, and I think they've been kind of built, like I say, they've been building that way for quite some time. And listen, Drew McIntyre, Mad Cat Moss, false, you know, I expect Drew McIntyre to mollywop Mad Cat Moss. I'm going to leave it there. No in-depth, you know, no in, you know, insight, you know, insightful knowledge there. I just expect a good Molly Walker. And, you know, Mysterio and Miz, this is the one where I think they go the way of Mysterio. I think it's a nice little match. I think there's, there's a background, you know, they set it up with Ray's son, Dominic Mysterio. So there could be something there, could be some pieces there. But I like Mysterio in that situation to win. So, those are my predictions. Drop them below whether you like them or love them. Like I say, I could go indefinite, but listen, I, I, I promoted the podcast before, but listen, like, work with Steph and Steph, they got, you know, excellent stuff, and they're probably going more in-depth on it than I do because I can talk about it for hours. You know, I could go more in detail, but they can do it better. <laughs> so, and, uh, because that's one thing you have to admit in life, where you can be good at something, but not great. You, it's okay to be average at something as long as you're not below average at it. <laughs> you can be uh, uh, average, above average, things like that, you're great. Talking about wrestling, I feel like I'm above average, borderline, good to great. I'm not perfect at it. So check out the Work with Steph and Steph podcast to check out all their amazing stuff, wrestling related. And before we wrap up the show, follow me on social media at the Davis underscore Brown on Twitter. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Sports the World. Follow me on Instagram at the double underscore Brown. As well, check out the Facebook page where we post polls. And you can drop your thoughts and comments on things that you'd like to see. Put up polls and questions, things like that, to engage you, the listening and viewing audience. Now, before we wrap up, Brown's big picture here. I do want to talk about, you know, 
Harden and the Simmons situation. Because to me, who really won? Who really lost? And to me, on paper, it's not about the it's not about Brooklyn getting Simmons or Philly getting Harden. It's about which team's locker room is going to be better off. And I think without question, the Sixers locker room is going to be better off. Because what's interesting here is, is that we look at James Harden. Think about this. He was a rocket. He wanted out of Houston, went to Brooklyn, kind of wanted out of Brooklyn, maybe the whole issue purportedly with Kyrie. So now he's in Philly. And the whole thing with Ben Simmons, you know, Ben Simmons clearly wanted out from the jump. He gets his wish, gets a second chance in Brooklyn. To me, when I look at it in life, we all sometimes want to look for outs. Listen, we're all human. We all want, because sometimes we look for ways out of relationships, but didn't know quite how to get out of it. We didn't have that, you know, as I always do, we should have an exit plan. Because if you get into something, you better have a way to get out of it. And and I think in this situation, if you're the Brooklyn Nets, I just think, you know, getting Ben Simmons long-term, if you can get Ben Simmons, who has that potential, is a great defensive, great wing player. Listen, you don't need him for offense. You got Kevin Durant. You got Kyrie Irving. So this is about defense. Harden doesn't, you know, he has he improved? Yeah, sure. But to me, Philly gets the shooter that I've always said they needed to be a Eastern, to be a contender. Because to me, I, I wrote something years, you know, a couple years ago where I said, listen, Embiid and Simmons isn't going to work. I just picked the wrong person. I picked Embiid for them to get rid of. That's on me. I'll take that L any day. I'll take that out. Because they, because to me, it just felt like both of them together was not built to win a championship. So one had to go, and it ended up being Simmons having to go. So now Embiid gets, he gets that shooter. And that, to me, kind of gives him, you know, listen, I know Vegas and stuff say, well, you know, the Nets have the edge. But to me, I look at Philly. Philly gets a shooter whenever James Harden plays. And James Harden is a different player. Listen, he's not a guy that's going to jack it up. You know, listen, he's gotten better with the assists. He's a better distributor now of the ball. Because in, in Houston, 10 guys on him, he still take a shot. Now, when he went to the Nets, he had – he had Kevin Durant. He had Kyrie, so he he had to distribute the ball. But he still got his point. He still got his fill. But my overriding point here is, is that, and the message here is that, is wanting out. He just wanted out because of Kyrie, in my opinion. He wanted out. And Ben Simmons wanted out because he was done with Philly. So they kind of wanted out for two different reasons. But to me, why people have hopped on, Ben Simmons, I've always I always preach consistency. To me, I'm like, when it came to Ben Simmons, I'm like, listen, you need to get rid of him. Because to me, it, it reeked the whole lot of the whole Dwight Howard situation in Orlando, where Dwight Howard was telling you without telling you he didn't want to be in Orlando. And you his stock, he was defensively, his stock was high. You could have got a couple of firsts, could have got a starter or two. And to help this rebuild with the magic instead of being in the doldrums where we are now. 
you know, in Orlando. So my whole point is that, listen, just get rid of them. And I felt like if you're Philly, it was about waiting on the right trade. And they got the right trade. Daryl Moore, listen, he got who he wanted at the end of the day. There's the familiarity him with Houston. And before I wrap up and make my point, it's simply this. In life, like I say, we look for ways out instead of the ways to get into something. We always say we want to, you know, get into a relationship with someone, but we don't know how to get in. But when we get into a relationship, we, 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 we're so quick to find a way out, things get rough and, you know, difficult. And for Ben Simmons, he just, instead of him trying to make it work, he wanted out. And could it be the fans? Could it be? No. I don't, I don't put it all on the fans. Others, you know, I don't put it on the fans. This is my personal opinion. I just think it was time for Ben to go because he didn't want to be there anymore. And listen, in a league where, listen, you don't want to be where you are, you can leave and get value for it. And I think Daryl Morey understood that. I think Sean Marks, Sean Marks, the GM for the Nets, you know, because said, well, okay, we got to move. We got to move hard because we don't want to move Kyrie. So we got to move hard and it worked. So I feel like who wins? Both win, not just for on the court, but for off of as well. This is a fresh start. And at the end of the day, I hope to see Ben play. He's an all-star. He has potential. Great defender, just can't shoot. Could he help the Nets? Could he be that guy? And if you're Philly, you have the shooter, but I've always said you need it. Now I'm curious to see how Philly takes it from here moving forward. So all law curiosity there. And friends and future friends, that's this episode of Sports in the World podcast. Once again, check me on social at the Darius underscore Brown on Twitter, Instagram at the Darius double underscore Brown. Check out the podcast on Twitter at Sports the World. Follow the Facebook page, all that amazing stuff. And until I see and hear you again, I'm the Darius. Be real, be you, be blessed. And be saved from all of us here from the Sports and the World podcast. The Sports and the World Podcast is brought to you by Exogun. Ever do a workout and feel like you need a massage after? Well, get your massage without leaving the house. Don't let pain and soreness slow you down. Exogun revives muscle, boosts circulation, and releases energy so you can recover faster and live better. Take it wherever you need it. Work, the gym, the trail, and put the power of percussion massage treatment in your hands. It's portable, adjustable, and powerful. Exogun is trusted by the pros to deliver the ultimate in recovery. Like we said before, you can even use it for percussion therapy. What is percussion therapy? Percussion therapy boosts muscle function and recovery by penetrating deep into the muscle tissue by a series of rapid, concentrated, pulsating strokes. Gain back control of your body and achieve long-term pain relief with Exogun. Get 10% off with code CGS10 at checkout. Comes with a charger and carrying case. Go get your Exogun today and treat yourself to a massage at a moment's notice.